Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right. Bang, bang. Welcome back to the show. And uh, happy uh, May 24th. Happy Queen Victoria Day uh, week, weekend here, holiday to all my Canadian friends. And I know Memorial Day's coming up next week, so I'll wish you guys a happy holiday next week. But uh, yeah, we're rolling into the summer here. Weather's getting really good, really nice. Uh, you know, nice to see things clearing up with everybody across the board. Uh, you know, even in Ontario, things are starting to clear up a little bit more here. So, you know, really happy to, to get on the other side of this COVID thing, kind of get into the summer when things warm up here and everybody can really get back to the proper development. You know what I mean? So uh, wishing everybody luck here going into the spring. It's recruiting season. You know, wish you guys all the best of luck. My best advice for, for this time of year is do not sleep. Okay, this is honestly where you have to work just as hard in recruiting season as you do during the season to win games. There's both sides of the fence. And if you don't put in work, you know, to try and find yourself a good fit, then, uh, you know, you're going to you're gonna have a tough year kind of trying to find games and ice and stuff like that. It's important, right? It's important to keep playing as a goalie. So, so keep working hard, guys. Really double down on your recruiting efforts if you haven't yet because everything's opening up. Everybody's going to have camps. Everybody's going to have combines and everything. You need to kind of uh, get your ear to the floor here and, and get involved in some stuff. But uh, today on the show, uh, I have Cedric Andre. And uh, Cedric's currently playing with the Belleville Senators. Uh, in the American Hockey League. He was a standout in the OHL with the Auto 67s. Uh, actually went to the Gunnery in a U.S. prep uh, prior to going to the OHL, which is relatively unconventional, but nonetheless a great story uh, for Cedric. And we, do- we dive into his whole journey, and we've kind of been having some younger guys in the American League come on the show uh, just to give us their kind of take on the challenges they're facing currently uh, right now, right? Um, and give everybody a little perspective of what it's like to, to play at the next level and really what it takes when you get there. Almost every young kid that we bring on the show is like, hey, I know I needed to do more of this. So when I got there, I realized this. So that's the point of me bringing on these younger guys as of recently to give a bit of different perspective uh, than some of these older guys that are very well established with very strong resumes. You know, we like to switch it up a little bit. So, uh, Cedric, appreciate your time, man. I know you guys are going to love this episode. So, without further ado, let's jump into today's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat. Cedric and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. And I'm excited to be joined today by another active professional goaltender. And that's current goaltender with the Belleville Senators in the AHL, Cedric Andre. And after growing up and spending his minor hockey days playing in the greater Ottawa area in Ontario in central Canada, being very standoutish, winning the top goaltender award in 2015-16. And he then moved on to play a year of prep school hockey in New England and the U.S. for the gunnery. Uh, one of the top programs in the East Coast, uh, sporting some amazing numbers and registering 30 games with the squad. And following his time in the U.S., he moved on to play the last three years with the Ottawa 67s in the OHL, playing over 100 games in the league and winning the lowest team GAA award two years in a row, uh, as well as being named to the third All-Star team in his final uh, season last year. And as I mentioned, since retiring from junior hockey, he's gone on this season to Signed in the American League with the Belleville Centers in the uh, in the Ottawa Centers organization, and currently has a handful of games under his belt with the squad this season. And I couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show today to chat some goalie development. And Cedric, 
How you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, well, right on, man. Great to have you on the show, dude. And I know you're uh, you're busy as well as you just got your season wrapped up. So appreciate you making some time to come on, man. But you know, hope you're doing well. And I know you're just jumping into the American League this year, so you know, right out of major junior. So I think it'll make for you know an interesting perspective this episode for a lot of our listeners, but. Maybe you can just give us some insight in, uh, you know, how the season's kind of gone for you and, the, and your team and some of the challenges you guys had to overcome due to COVID. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a different season. It's not your usual year, you know. I got brought into the team early, but couldn't really join because technically our season wasn't approved yet. It was still an extension of Sens camp. So wow. there was a lot of complications, you know, from getting tested for COVID every single day Yeah, and all the rules. So... But there were some perks too. For example, on the bus rides, rookies don't have to double up because of COVID. We have to take two buses. <laughs> and the rookies okay. get their own, right? <laughs> exactly. We got our own spot. So, I mean, oh, that's unreal. <laughs> there were some ups and downs. And I mean, uh, also for road trips where we fly, normally we fly uh, commercial, but instead we have the Sens uh, charter. So, Ooh, to have charter flights. Yeah. So, th- those were the perks that normally you wouldn't have that we had this year. But Again, it takes a little bit of uh, it takes a little away when you're playing for nothing, right? No playoffs, standings don't really mean anything, you know. You're just you're playing to play well. Yeah, that's kind of weird, eh? You guys didn't do any playoff at all. Yeah, only one division out of four in the American League did. Wow, and they yeah. is that there? So somebody's gonna win the Calder this year, or it's not gonna be called that. I don't think so. I think it's just like a little trophy or their division. I think <laughs> I, I have. I couldn't tell you, but most divisions didn't even have a playoff. It's uh, kind of odd. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's uh, like you said. It's been kind of tough for everybody, and that's kind of why I mention it. You know, in the beginning of every episode, just for everybody to say, you know what, um, we're all kind of going through something, and we all are kind of facing challenges and trying to make our way through, man. But. Uh, you know, right on, man. And, you know, you know, wish you the best of luck as, you know, you kind of go into the summer here and you get rolling. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe you can just start off by briefly sharing a bit of your story and your background and how we, how we got to where we are today. Well, yeah, I uh, always grew up in Ottawa. I was born and raised here and uh, kind of started playing hockey when I was about seven or eight. Never really played uh, highest level until Major Bantam. That was my first year playing AAA, but back when AA was the highest and I was A or I was rep or I was house B, so never really thought I was going to go anywhere in hockey. I was just playing for fun, and then yeah. even my OHL draft, I didn't even know about the OHL draft until a couple <laughs> months before when everyone was getting fired up for the OHL draft. Like, yeah, it's a big year. I'm like, like wait, what, what is it? Like, I was just always <laughs> playing hockey for fun, and then yeah, yeah. happened to get picked. Played, had a really good season that year, and then went to prep school because, again, I didn't think I was going to go to the OHL. I was a 12th-round pick. Yeah. So I was like, what are the odds? Going to see if I can get any looks for college down there. And then kind of ended up signing an OHL contract and then went down here and back home and played for Ottawa, which was kind of like a dream come true. I mean, hometown – playing mm. for the team that you grew up watching I was a chunky kid. I take my shirt off and like spin it. When they <laughs> score. So the, I was definitely that guy at 67 games when I was a kid. Yeah. We're right on, man. Yeah. 
Well, why don't you get right into your, you know, your personal goaltending philosophy and, you know, now you're with the Belleville Senators and, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll dive into that, but, uh, maybe you can just detail what, it, what your main three to four pillars that you surround and build your game around and why do you think they're so important? Yeah, I think, uh, there's one main one that I always like, it's not really a pillar. I just got to make sure I'm not, a not don't take it too seriously because I take it really seriously, right? I get of nervous. Of course, I think you have to, right? It's like I'm not a kind of goalie that puts the headphones on and then head down and doesn't talk to anyone. Yeah. I think I'm just more of a player, right? I like to talk to everyone before games. You know, the music's going in the room. I got to sing along, you know, like. Uh, yeah. So being loose, you to like to be loose. That's one of your pillars. Yeah, loose. I got to I gotta know. I got to have fun. Like whenever there's kids in the tunnel too, I always stop by and chat to them. I'm not a goalie that I just got to keep his head down, like stay to himself. I just got to make sure I'm loose and I can see how many people's day I can make, especially when there's the kids on the bench. I always go talk to them, take pictures. I mean, I always look at it like the odds, like I'm in the OHL, the odds that I ever made it here are so slim and I'm here, so I might as well have fun with it and Every day is kind of cool, and it's kind of a dream come true that I was even able to play in the OHL. Yeah, yeah, I know. Absolutely, man. What's your number two? Uh, my number? Oh, my number. I thought you meant my number. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Your pillar, your pillar. <laughs> uh, I always got to – I have a bunch of uh, little clicks too, so just to make sure because – just to make sure I don't get too loose, like I have a bunch of little reminders – when I pass doors, like weird goalie stuff, double taps. So uh, like superstitious like, stuff. Yeah, I have a bunch of like, but you wouldn't see them unless I pointed them out to you. Right, right. Like they're subtler like, for you to kind of yeah, like get into your routine. Exactly. It's kind of like just to remind myself, okay, like it's a game day and it happens all day on game day, basically. So it's a lot of, uh, a lot of little things where if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't notice it, except there's like... I probably can't go through 15 steps without doing one of them. Yeah. So as you're saying, so I would say that's kind of like having a strong routine is kind of what yeah, you're referring to. Definitely. Routines just to make sure my Lucy attitude doesn't get like, doesn't take over. Yeah. What's your number three? Uh, it's, it's things I too. Know, it's like I when, think- it's like when you play, you know what I mean? Like when I played, you know, uh, my pillars were like, uh, you know, skating, positioning, and reading the play. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Uh, so, maybe, so maybe you could detail the last two for you. I don't know. This might sound like cheesy, but I've always been told, like, by my coaches, I'm always, like, the hardest working guy on the ice. You know, I'm always first yeah. one, one, last guy off. Doesn't matter if I play. Like, I just love to go on. I'll even play rebound game for, like, 30 minutes with the guys after practice. So, I think, for me, that's super important. I mean – I don't see it as working hard at the end of the day. I'm playing a game. I hear that a lot from me today, but it's just a game. And I absolutely love being on the ice. I know like once you get higher level, some guys don't like it as much. They're just there to be there. Well, cause it becomes more like business, but you have yeah, to find exactly. the fun even when it's all about business. Right. Exactly. But I think that's one thing I've found. I do good at make sure I keep it a game and it makes it a lot more fun. I enjoy my time and I feel like I do a lot better. And yeah, I think, being hardworking is probably like the most important thing for me. Yeah. Do you have a final one or no? Tracking. Watch the puck. I always oh, okay. remind myself, watch the puck, watch nice. the puck. I mean, 
basic common sense, okay, because you kind of want to watch the puck as a goalie, but I find that's the one thing I constantly repeat to myself, and it, it helps me a lot on the ice. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can dive back into your first one. I kind of like that, um, you know, you said, hey, have fun. Um, and I think you and I both are a little bit on the, the shorter side for, for goalies. You're probably a little bit taller than me. I'm I'm probably the shortest out there, but. Yeah, I saw you know, that. What? There's someone shorter than me? uh we maybe we'll meet up and we'll we'll (laughs) go against the wall and see see who matches up but no man i like the way that you said you know have fun and and um you know essentially you're you're being grateful for just the opportunities and your your opportunity to just play the game like you love every day you know what i mean so you know what's some advice you have for kids to 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 have more fun when they play right because you know i something i say too and it's come up a lot is like you know, do you have fun like when you're making stick saves or do you have fun when you're making saves like you shouldn't really make, you know, and everybody yeah. kind of wants to make the game like easier on them almost. So that way they can kind of build that confidence. But confidence can is built through doing things you didn't think you could do. And then also yeah. having fun in the game of hockey is is uh, competing and, and doing things you didn't think you could do. So for some kids out there that, that maybe are having a hard time finding fun in their game, like what's some advice you have for them to have more fun when they go on the ice? I think honestly, it's just reminding yourself. You're, you're not really kids that are really young. It starts so young now, you know, to put the pressure, yeah. like kids are 13, 14 going in the gym to train for hockey. It's like everything they're doing is training for hockey. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's good. If you enjoy training for hockey, go work out in the summer. Go do that. Right. But you just have – I think a lot of people at an age that's too young think about everything they have to do for hockey when at the end of the day, you're playing a game on ice. Like, you're supposed to have fun playing the game and you just see what you can do and you have fun with it. Like, yeah. every year in the OHL, I tell my parents at least once a week, Mom, guess what? I'm playing in the OHL. Isn't that so <laughs> like, I never even thought it'd be a possibility. And I think it's just because I always just was so excited to be on the ice. Like I would be, my dad used to drop me off at like the Bell Sunsplex when I was young. It's this big arena in Ottawa. Yeah. And I had nothing to do. I was bored, right? Yeah. I loved hockey so much. I'd just show up and I had a sign. Like if anyone wants a goalie, and I'd have my gear and I'd be on the ice from like five till nine. And then he'd come pick me up. I brought my dinner to the rink just because I had nothing to do. And I just wanted to be on the ice. And I mean, why yeah. not? I it's I was bored and I could get free ice because I'm a goalie, right? Everyone wants goalies to go out there. Right. <laughs> so that's basically, that was my childhood. And then if I was really bored, couldn't find ice, pro hockey life as the artificial ice, I'd go over there, try some pads on and skate around. <laughs> this guy just loves it he just got the passion for it man oh it's i don't know it's weird i just i i the amount of hours i was on the ice when i was young but it's not even like i think the thing is you have to want to be out there a yeah, lot of people sure. may, not their parents force them but like you gotta do this for hockey you, you have to go to the skill session here and there my parents always tried to convince me to get me off the ice maybe that's why i want to be on well maybe we can kind of go into you know you also mentioned strong routines and um you know it sounds like you're a little superstitious is do you think that there's kind of a line that people should be walking between 
uh, being superstitious and also having routines? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think routines are really good if they like help you. And, but as long as it's not one of those where it's like, if you missed one little superstitious thing or something, it's not going to be like, it's going to ruin your night. Yeah. It's not going to be like, okay, well I'm going to lose now. Cause I didn't do that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You're letting the, the, the routine control you is what I like. Yeah. To say, right? I just have basically like, instead of superstitions and routine, I just call like little clicks or I don't know, ticks like that I have to do, you know, like every time I pass a door, I do this one thing. It's just, it reminds me that, okay, it's game day and it's right, right, right. dialed in, right? Yeah. No, that's the I point of like, routines, right? They create cues within your body to like prepare you for battle, right? Exactly. I feel like it's more like cues, yeah. But it's not like, oh, if I don't have my chicken with this sauce, I'm going to lose. Because <laughs> I feel like once you get pro, you know what I mean? You're not living at home. You don't get to control what you have. No, you don't as much. It's no. the same thing in, in college. When you're on the road. Yeah, you have a pretty good idea of what they're going to get you, but there's always hiccups here and there. Exactly. You're not going to be able to get the rice and chicken, whatever yeah. like you usually want. Or if the bus breaks down, you're not at the rink two hours before. <laughs> exactly. Like stuff yeah, like that happens. So I, I don't believe it's too much of a crazy routine of superstitions. It's just more cues, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then and then you also said being the hardest, um, you know, the hardest working guy on the ice like, why do you think, why do you think that's so important? Like, I'm a big fan of that. I, I believe in that as well. But why do you think so? I just, I find, uh, especially, I, I think it's important to get respect from your teammates. Mm. A lot of goalies nowadays are like becoming, if they're playing a lot, they don't even practice or they only play the game. So they're off like 20 minutes or they, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? They're, they're all Hollywood. Yeah. So I'm, I was just. I kind of believe that I need to have like the respect to my teammates. I want to be out there and I know if I do well in practice and I'll believe in me in a game. So I just think it's uh, it's a lot more fun when your players like you. They like it when you go out early. They they like a goalie that battles. Mm, exactly. And also battles. then I can kind of like I like to be loud on the ice too, so then we can kind of chirp back and forth on the ice, <laughs> you know, if I make a save, it's a lot more fun. Especially yes. because I'm like that, that means when they score, they're coming after me, right? <laughs> you got to know how to take your loss, right? So, like, at this point, I've already started being this guy. I can't back out now. Like, <laughs> they're chirping at me. I can't take it. So I got I to gotta go. Uh, I got to make sure I'm hard, going hard on the ice to make sure they don't score on me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I like how you kind of mentioned, um, you know, part of doing that hard work and stuff is building that competitiveness, building that – compete level right a lot of times when you're doing the extra stuff it's not necessarily like you know you're playing games at the end of practice to like develop that compete level and have some fun at the same time right mm -hmm. um, yeah like i'm always that? i always What's try that? to go like 100 miles an hour basically yeah and if anything my goalie coach like if we're doing like actually like goalie training it's like okay steady for this drill i need you to go slowly like relax yeah that's my thing. I think I always just go like too hard, but it's kind of paid off for me so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's built. Uh, well, you realize at the American League level, the competitiveness is just through the roof. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If if people kind of see you underwater, they come around and and they stick your head under. And they make sure you're drowned and you're done. Right? Like it's <laughs> it's a dog eat dog, and it's very competitive, man. And you kind of need that to to be able to compete at that level, man. But uh, yeah. The the fourth one you mentioned was tracking. And the fourth and final one, and 
you know, maybe you could just detail how you developed that and why you think it's so important. It's uh, so complicated to talk about because I feel like talk to the different goalie coach here and there. And then I say my answer that one goalie coach told me is like, yeah, that's not it at all. I'm like, well, you know what? And that's why goaltending is very obje- uh, subjective, right? And um, that's why we have a lot of different guests and we respect everybody's opinion on the show and we respect yours. We want to hear yours. So, yeah. No, I'm just, every time I talk about it, I feel like I have the wrong answer to every coach. And then I use the other coach's answer. Talking <laughs> they're going to be, even, they're going to be DMing you. You didn't talk about yeah. tracking, right? <laughs> like I'm scared about talking about tracking. Now. I'm like, Oh my, I'm like, what do I say? Uh, but no, I think for me, it's just making sure my head's over the puck. I never want to like lean back, mm. make sure it's uh see. But then once, when I said this one time, like I told us the wrong answer. No, 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 but I'm interested to hear. You, you, you yeah, no, I like uh, making sure I keep like it's like chin down mm. and making sure your angle's over the puck. And then just, I think for me, it's like super important just watch the puck. So I always remind myself, but to also take like uh, know your surroundings. Like, I like know where all the guys are. There's just yeah. this feeling when you're in a game and when you know you're playing well and you know everything that's going out there, where the puck is, where every single guy is. Yeah. It's almost like the world goes in slow motion. I feel like when I'm doing that, then I'm tracking well. Yeah. If my head – I think it all starts with my head because if, if I get my head up, then you can't, you can't really see the puck. If your body's up, if your chest is back, and then you'll see when you drop, your, your butt sinks down, everything collapses – Instead of staying big and strong. So I think it all starts with the, the way your head actually looks at the puck. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Yeah, that's come up a lot more lately. Uh, it's it's kind of like that chin down and you're trying to, you're getting the, the plane of your eyes to line up with the center. The eye is right in the middle and you're looking at the puck versus like exactly. your head's looking forward, but your eyes are looking down, right? That's kind yeah. of what you're referring to, right? Yeah, you, you explain it a lot better than I do. <laughs> no it's okay you explained it well man but i i, I know you you grew up playing in the you know the greater toronto area, or excuse me the greater ottawa area and and in your u18 year you were named the top goaltender of the of the league uh ending the season with the best numbers and you mentioned that you didn't play high level hockey like prior to that and and um you know which which will make for you know kind of an interesting answers but what do you think's kind of the most important skill you know, that young kids should be developing at a young age while they're playing minor hockey that you think will translate well and, and kind of help them transition better to the next level? I think the most important skill is uh, skating. For me, mm. it was always my skating. I'd just yeah. be out there skating by myself at the arena. And uh, we always start, every goalie session starts off like about 20 minutes or 30 minutes of skating. Yeah. So I think... Uh, that's the most important part because, yeah, if you can make a save, but if you're not there, then it's still going to go in anyways. Well, you, I'm sure you see it at the American level. You probably had to elevate your skating, like uh, even from the major junior kind of level you're at, right? Yeah, I, I mean, skating was the best part of my game. I think for me it was mainly the, the speed of the shots and the, the way it's different than the OHL is here at the major junior level, no, at uh, the AHL, all the guys are like – top guys right they're guys that were first line if they would have played major junior or right. if they played college they were all top guys right so it's just the depth and practice too and on the ice like everyone can score right while in the ohl you're kind of mainly watching like 
three, four guys on the other team that are really seriously a threat. Kind right. Of. Not saying that the other guys aren't, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not for sure. as much. While here, it's just the everybody. Devil. Everybody's there for a reason, right? Yeah, everyone can score. They're all first line guys in the OHL or college or wherever they played. Well, you and I, I kind of like how you said that. You know, you said that your skating was, um, you know, your skating was really good, right? Uh, and you kind of hear this a lot, you know, from kids uh, younger, you know, 14, 15. Oh, I thought my skating was the best and this and that. And this coach said I wasn't good when I went to this level and blah, blah, blah. Right. And um, I think the one thing that guys at the elite level, the, you know, the major level realizes that you're never really done developing. You know what I mean? Even if your skating is good today, there's always kind of a next level you can find tomorrow. So what's some advice you have for kids you know, who maybe think where they're at with their skill development, they think that where it's at is enough, but knowing the challenges that you face now, you know that there's a next level for everything, right? Yeah. Well, like whenever I'm like, okay, well, I'm bored of this year. Like I've mastered it. You know what I mean? It's always the same skating drills, but that's the cool thing nowadays. Cause I remember when I was young, I just try to find like, when I was like a lot younger, just YouTube skating drills, but now <laughs> Like, but you, you won't find any goalie skating drills on YouTube. It's like pretty, there's not that much. It's, I know. <laughs> but now there's like Twitter, Insta with all these yeah. goalie pages, you can find so much stuff. So whenever you're like, you want something new or you want to try something new, it's just, I think it's always trying something new. Like I used to go, mm. there was this coach, I like a, a skating coach. She's a Shelly Kettles. She's mm. a stand skating coach, figure skater. She yeah. used to run sessions with players. Then I got on the ice. She's like, if you want to stay on the ice for the shots for the second half, you have to do uh, the figure skating pair with all the players before. Like, working on the <laughs> edges. But now, like, I actually text her, and I might skate with her a couple times in the summer just right. with, uh, inside and outside edges. Like, right. it doesn't really apply, but it kind of – Everything helps. It's just thinking outside the box. What can I do that other people won't do? Yeah, yeah. It's putting your kind of feet in a in a an unconventional situation to make you feel more exactly. comfortable in any situation, really, right? Exactly. And now the thing is, there's so many drills you can find online. It's like the best time to be a goalie. There's so much stuff you can never. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Eh? I remember when I was growing up. Uh, you know, 2009, when I moved away from home, I think like Ingle magazine was just invented. Yeah. If you've heard of that before. No, I know Ingle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, they only had a website though. You know what I mean? So you would like go and like you would be on their email list and read articles. And now yeah. it's just like, it's almost like information overload now, no? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get spammed by the email. I'm like, really? Like, it's a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you moved on to play. For the gunnery, who I'm very familiar with, um, and and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, it's great prep school in New England and the East Coast, and uh, you had great numbers there, playing almost every single game in the one season you were there. Um, but when you're making that transition, you know what sort of surprised you the most, or, or where did you have trouble adjusting initially to, to prep uh, prep hockey? I was surprised how good the hockey was. <laughs> no like seriously yeah yeah Elaborate. i have no idea like i when i said i'm like a, i don't know if it's called committed or when i committed to the gunnery yeah i had zero idea what i was walking into yeah i've never seen a game i'm like i might be going to play like house b hockey or this might be <laughs> sick kind of thing like i legitimately had no clue what i was playing yeah but when i went over there 
it was uh, so much fun. It was probably one of the best years of my life at prep school. It was, uh, it was wild. And I had to adjust because I didn't know guys like repeated. Right. I didn't know that was a thing. I did. I repeated. I didn't know it was a thing either. I repeated uh, my junior year grade 11. Yeah. So I'm like, so I had a buddy actually from John Hawkins goalie school. Yeah. He was, uh, he's the one who kind of talked to me about prep school. Yeah. He went to Cushing. What's his name? Andrew Angle. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say somebody else. Okay. Keep going. Who, who do you think? Well, I was thinking of another guy, but I, I think I think we're kind of, we're older than you. So it's probably uh, after, uh, before your time. Joey Decord was there too, eh? Oh, really? No, he went. Yeah. I think Dax went at Cushing. Oh my goodness. I didn't know he was at Cushing. He was, he was right before Angle. He was there for like a couple years, captain. Wow. So he went to prepper today. Eh? I didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, so basically, uh, when he told me, uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, I repeated. And this is back before I went to press school. I thought it was because he had bad grades. I didn't believe him. He's like, no, no, for hockey. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no. Like, well, you think about it, right? Because, you know, think of like when you're 21 years old in junior hockey, right? It puts you in a pretty, pretty good situation to kind of be successful because you're the oldest guy there, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of the idea. I mean, I, I had to repeat a year because I wasn't going to meet clearinghouse requirements for college. Like I had to finish a certain amount of credits in my first four years of high school. And I wasn't going to be able to do that. And also yeah. I wasn't going to be able to graduate on time because not all my credits transferred. But when I went there and I did my repeat year, I was like, you know, and this is for everybody maybe considering it, depending where you are. Um, cause there have been some people who academically are like very, very like ahead. Yeah. And at the time I would say that like, I was good at school, but I wasn't like interested at all in it. You yeah. know what I mean? And so kind of going into that environment and having a second shot at grade 11, like kind of woke me up a bit and it made me take school seriously. Um, but the other side of it was it puts you in a situation to really be successful, right? Cause you go all of a sudden you're a senior. And now you're a 19 year, or you're an 18 year old, 19 year old senior, right? Yeah. And then what happened was I jumped right into junior and then I was ready to jump into junior at that age. It's tough to jump into junior, you know, kind of even at the age that you did and, and to be able to compete at the OHL level, man, it's because um, you're facing guys are all older, right? Yeah. I think I really liked what one of my friends did. I think it's a good idea. Like uh, he started the year, like didn't repeat. And then repeat it at the end of the year. So we kind of had the option, right? So he right, basically right. came back the next year to do a junior year. You see how it goes. Because then you kind of, you have the option to see what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty smart on his part. Well, the, it's it's an interesting conversation because uh, there's been some kids who've come to me recently like, hey, should we repeat? You know, and they're like, you know, taking AP classes and they're like honor students. And I'm like, honestly, probably not. <laughs> you know yeah, like if you're sure in that situation that. if you're in that situation where you're like excelling academically then you're probably better off <clears throat> looking to do something like a pg year right yeah. rather than like repeating grade 11 for me i didn't get like great grades so i was like you know what it's probably better i do that <laughs> yeah i made sure all my off blocks lined up on game days so i could get a nap oh yeah yeah all the I care about schedule's fine schedule, yeah <laughs> well after prep you, you know you actually decided to make the jump to major junior in 2017 
which is relatively uncommon, I will say, but um, not definitely not the wrong road to go if you can manage it, right? But maybe you can just detail to everyone listening, uh, you know, your thought process uh, behind making that transition to major junior from prep and why you decided to go that route instead of the college route per se, because you said you were kind of interested in going college, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I had toured a couple of schools. I was visiting schools, but I had no like definite offers. So it was like, uh, kind of made it hard to throw down because I got a really good school package in the OHL. Yeah, right. So I gotta, it was, it's kind of hard. And at this point, I still, I'm still playing hockey for fun. I think it's I like, I'm like, okay, like I got my entire schooling paid for. Well, I can't take Yeah. I got a really good school package in the OHL. Like I can't really shoot it down if I have nothing else on the other side. Right. Not like you got an envelope, you can take it. And maybe another one's going to come later. Or maybe I break my leg two weeks later and then, there you go I and got then the, the the school package is exactly what you needed right yeah so yeah. Um, it was uh i looked at that and also a thing i looked into was most college teams you played college i'm sure you know carry how many goalies oh yeah it's uh competitive man you play very few games very and few there's games. three goalies right like we had three goalies in my prep school game i played i think 32 of 34 or 30 of 32 yeah yeah two games yeah, i didn't play yeah like for I sure. felt bad for my partners because they were good goalies too. Yeah. They never even got the chance to see the net. So I think that's another thing that kind of right. made the me amount of games, go right. towards the OHL. OHL 68 games. If you're backing up, you're still getting 15 at least. Yeah. 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 Like my first year, I was a third string for half the season. So I didn't even get the bench, nothing. And then the second half of the season, I was a backup. Yeah. But I still saw 14 games. Right. So, so you're I, still seeing like a lot. Of, yeah, that's a great point. And a, a lot of people make that regarding the difference between college. And some people say, though, like, you know, uh, and I will say this, too. You know, the guys who played junior who, who for five years, they were like hobbling in to college. Like bat, like hip was gone. Shoulder was gone. <laughs> but obviously, as a goalie, it's competitive nowadays. And, and you and I are in a relatively, you know, we, we might be a generation apart. Um, but nowadays it's, it's super competitive just, uh, with the amount of goalies out there. And you do have to take that into consideration of like, yeah, am I, I actually going to play, you know, that, that was the only thing I think I was betting more on myself and probably easier to get cut in the OHL too. So I was like, yeah, for sure. I was like, if I can play well in my games, then I'm good. I will get some games, but I was scared. I was going to go to college and I Googled a lot of guys they might have played one game or zero games in the first two years. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm yeah. like, I really do not want to do that. Yeah. It's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. I mean, I, I was, I was not slated to play when I first went into college, you know, um, like I was slated to maybe play like five, six games in the year. And, and yeah. I would, that's my guess. And my guess would be that maybe they weren't even think about playing me that much and then all of a sudden opportunity comes knocking right guy gets hurt you get a game all of a sudden you win an upset and next thing you know you're you're in the cards every night right so exactly that's awesome like that it's 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 the risk you take though right like (laughs) i knew the ohl had like a guaranteed at least yeah 15 games as a backup (laughs) at least yeah yeah that's that's the one thing i was super worried about but I would have loved the experience of college. Like all my friends, I go visit them. Like, this is insane. Like I, I would have loved yeah, it's, like, it's like prep school. Prep school is a mini college to play in front of your students. And then we'd yeah. all go to the library after games and it was awesome. 
Yeah. And everybody's kind of, you're, you're like all fired up because everybody's fired yeah. up for you, you know? <laughs> exactly. You know who you're playing for. All the teachers are there. It's a, it's a different yeah. experience. I'm glad I kind of, it's not even similar to college, but it's kind of like a mini college experience. I'm yeah, it is. At, at prep school. It is the camaraderie that's, um, that you get from the school around your team, supporting your team. Uh, cool. you know, college is just like next level. Cause they just dump like so much money into it. Cause a lot, Oh, they get a lot of money out of it. Right. The ticket yeah. sales and food and drinks, right. The school makes money off, off the sports. Right. So, yeah. And I, but, I uh, love how preps go in college, how every game matters. Like guys would be absolutely devastated. Yeah. Like after a loss. Yeah. Well, my first year, I didn't even realize how important each first, each game was. Right. And that's kind of why in the beginning of the season, I got slated against, uh, pretty uh north dakota and they're like a top five team every year and wow. we ended up not we we lost one game but we, then we tied them and because we tied that game we actually ended up making the tournament the the sweet 16 my first year in college all because of this one game at the beginning of the season that i didn't even know if i was gonna start or not right it's just like it's crazy how it comes full circle it's, but it it's does. It like my prep school was like they do like rpi for tied in points we didn't make the elite eight when i was there yeah because I think it might have been something ridiculous. Like we pulled our goalie, so there was an empty net goal against. And then like we just made it off. Or it was like if we got a tie instead of a win or like a right. win instead of a tie, it was like just so close. Yeah, you would have squeaked in, right? It's so hard prep school in college to like have those playoffs and everything because we had 60 prep school teams but only made eight make the elite yeah. eight. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. I'm, we competed against Gunner. I remember them very well. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you were kind of first making that transition in your, in your first rookie season to major junior, like what was exactly the hardest part about, you know, transitioning to that level and where'd you struggle the most? I think it's, uh, the game load. It's three and threes. Never really had done that. Right. On the road hotels. I'm one of the guys who are like, I need my sleep. Yeah. Like I, I need my sleep to play well. Like, I got to make sure I'm well-rested. I feel good. Like, my body needs to feel perfect, right? Yeah. And I had to adjust to that because one night you're in Cernia, the game finishes at 10 o'clock. You do a little stretch, a cool down, and then you're on the bus for, like, three hours to drive to the next spot to go to, to go in the hotel and go to sleep there. Mm-hmm. So I think just adjusting to that because I was always, okay, we have a game. I'm going back to my house, going to bed, prep school. We're not driving that far. We play the game, except it's like school time. So you're not playing at seven o'clock. Right. You're playing at like six or you get back early, you go to bed. It's all good. It's a nice life. Yeah. But here was uh, definitely hard to adjust to being on the road for like mm. six days at a time, staying in a hotel, playing the game, not getting the sleep you want. Yeah. It was like the pro lifestyle. Yeah, team meals, polos, like you have to make sure you take care of your body. You go to the rink every day, roll out, yeah. cold tubs. Just like that's the first time I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, maybe I should treat this a little more like a, a business. Mm, right. But still, still have fun because I'm at the end of the day. It's a of game. course. Yeah. You have fun with within competing and being serious, right? Yeah, because I never really stretched or did anything before that, right? Like, yeah. I, I would work out, but I didn't even know what stretching <laughs> was. I'm like, like, maybe I should roll out and stretch. I mean, 
Well, you kind of you start to realize the benefits you get from the proper warm up recovery when you have such a, yeah. you know, that's what that's what most people say is that the, the like we talked about, you're going to junior, you get the games that you asked for, but then you have to keep up with the the body side of it all and the health side of it all, right? Yeah. And the load, like you said, right? Which which ultimately does prepare you for the pro level, right? Yeah, because a thirty game schedule and it still feels like minor hockey prep school because they you saw the the tournaments, the Avon Old Farms tournament, so you still yeah, feel yeah, oh, yeah. like <laughs> and then you have like OHL, okay. Now there's a crowd, you gotta go to bed early. All the, the games the game times are not for you. Exactly. <laughs> it's a business, right? Like they're making money off of you at the games. Yeah. So it's no longer for you. It's not like hockey, like, oh, we'll reschedule it early so you guys can go to bed or we'll change, like, yeah. it's minor hockey. The games are meant for you. You're kind of paying to play. Yeah. But now you're a pawn. You're the show. Yeah, you're a pawn in the game. You're just there for people to watch you play. Yeah, man. So and then, you, you know, but kind of regarding your last two seasons of junior, you know, you you and your partners, uh, you know, the lowest goals against in the league – uh, two years in a row, and, but maybe you can just detail to everyone, you know, what kind of changes you made uh, from your first year that allowed you to, you know, find so much success in your last two seasons with the team. You, you said you didn't even know you'd be in the OHL and there you are winning the lowest goals against award, right? Yeah, I was, I think it was literally the have, like I always had fun, but as soon as I got to the OHL, I got so tightly wound and nervous and stressed. Like my first season was bad. Mm-hmm. I think like my best game in my first season was, I love country music. It was the country night in Hamilton. <laughs> Without knowing it, I was loose and relaxed. So I was just singing basically every song in between the whistles. I love that, dude. You oh, just, like, dude, you know what? Can I hold on? <laughs> okay. Because I do that. Okay. Yeah. I do that. I do that too. And it helps me. It helps me bridge my focus. Yeah. I don't know if you do that all the time. It, it, like that was just, I, I it's interesting that you said that because I brought it up on the show before. No, yeah, well, I hate, like, I don't hate rap, but, like, I'm a big positivity guy, so when yeah. I have, like, a negative song, it's, like, if it's about killing someone or, like, being all tough, I'm, like, guys, the same for me. <laughs> like, I just need, so I'd always go into equipment manager's room in the OHL before games, and I'd be, like, give me some, like, Luke Bryan, or give me yeah, upbeat. Just some country songs, and then I'd just be happy, do a little warm-up in there, like, right yeah. before I went out. You just put like a good happy song on for me and then I'd be, uh, I'd be good to go. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, what you would say is your biggest transition that helped you was like, uh, finding a routine that helped you, uh, avoid distractions. Yeah. It was just getting out of the stress. Like my first OHL game, I almost basically threw up before the game. I was so nervous. <laughs> like literally I was on top. I was like, Oh my God. Like I threw up before that one. I learned seven goals, so it wasn't good. So, 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 okay. And then, yeah, well, it all changed the next year. My first year wasn't great. Yeah. And then my coach, I had a good, for, I had an amazing, like, preseason exhibition games my second year. Because my first year was awful. Second year was good. Yeah. Amazing preseason. But I was loose. I was having fun. Like, we had one of my games in my hometown in Ottawa where, like, my banner's up there from, like, house C. doesn't really wow. make a difference. But, like, it was cool. All my friends came out. I was loose in exhibition games. And then as soon as the season started, I kind of got tightly wound. I started like started warming up, like head down, kind of acting like a goalie, right? Right. And then my coach kind of sat me down after two back games. Like, 
I thought at this point I was getting cut because I didn't have a good year the year before. I wasn't right. supposed to be on the team kind of thing. Like, it was a surprise I was there. Yeah. He's like, hey, Seti, I won't be mad at you if you just act loose before a game, if you have fun. Like, you don't. I know you take it seriously and I know you want to do well. You don't have to, like, act all goalie and you know what I mean? Like, right. You want to do well. You can be yourself. So he talked to you about this. Yeah, he's probably the best coach I've ever had. Andre Turingi, he's uh, like Canada coach too. Yeah. He's, yeah, so he talked to me about it. He's kind of the one that kind of saved my game, I guess I could say that year. Yeah. And then and then when he said that, you're basically saying, because a lot of kids, you know, I say this often, you know, you have a lot of firsts in your career, your first OHL game, your first shutout in your OHL, your first AHL game, your first AHL, like you have a lot of firsts, right? So, you know, how did you kind of get over that? Is it, was it just him saying that? Was it a routine? Yeah, it was literally right after he said that. I'm like, it's also nice to know, like I was borderline getting cut every game. I was worried about getting cut, but then you realize your coach has confidence in you. Right. Right. You're good. And then he talked to me and then I basically just went like we won, 12 or 13 straight i got goalie of the month that month right after he talked to me so i went from like letting in getting pulled on five on nine shots five goals on nine shots yeah then another game letting in like seven at the beginning of the season thinking i'm getting cut yeah then to just going on this huge winning streak where i played really well like they hadn't even ordered my gear until october because they thought i was getting cut while our new graphic <laughs> had a brand new setup <laughs> Like I was mixing, I was using a bunch of different demo gear that I got during the summer. Like I was not even matching. It was terrible. My setup. <laughs> you got to earn it, right? Yeah, exactly. And then finally they, I had a good month. They ordered my gear. I'm like, yes, I'm staying on the team. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's always the, when you finally get, they get you, your, when you get your first set of gear paid for you, you're like, you're like, ah, oh, nice. Yeah. You're like, I'm a big deal now. <laughs> Oh man. And then, you know, so as of last year, retired from junior hockey and, and have since made the transition to, to pro in the American league with the Belleville center as a season. Uh, but maybe you can just detail there, everyone, your, your kind of your first impressions of the league as a younger guy and, and what surprised you the most so far. Yeah, I think I kind of touched this already, but what surprised me the most is just kind of, it's pro hockey. It's different. You know, like it's, it's people's jobs, right? Before yeah. everyone's getting paid the same in the OHL, but they play well, they make a living, they have to pay rent. And yeah. like showing up to the rank, one of the guys is FaceTiming one of his kids. I'm like, Oh, they're talking yeah, about you're a young guy. You're like, Oh my God, this kid's almost my age. Probably. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a completely <laughs> different lifestyle, right? Like there's a lot more, there's a lot more, on the game it's not like you're just there to have fun so yeah to keep yeah. that mentality while i was there because you're kind of surrounded by people who work right it's their job and i'm still at the point where i love playing hockey and i'm having fun with it and i want to keep that and just yeah. the depth was the other thing i was because yeah, you're every, just every only having to really dial it in on like five guys in practice but to have everyone just being able to light you up it's not you got to be ready all the time kind of thing <laughs> yeah and i guess for you personally so far what's like where have you made the biggest adjustment or where have you had to make the biggest adjustment to be able to compete at that level i think it's just constant focus yeah like uh, being able like not being able to take a minute off and practice or and i think that was the biggest adjustment for me is before i could just goof around a bit more and but now I just got to be constantly focused in practice. Still 
goof, but like choose my time and place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And just always be, uh, always be ready. No matter who's coming down on you. That was my biggest adjustment. I couldn't take like, uh, time off. <laughs> yeah. So regarding, uh, another thing you mentioned is just like, yeah, there's so much on the game, right? So what's something that you've done, you know, to, to, stay focused longer and to eliminate distractions have you had to like alter your routines at all or anything yeah i basically keep uh the same cues that i talked about like in nets during games it's easier because sometimes you don't yeah. have a lot of time to practice to go back like shot 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 it's coming quick right. but like tell yourself some cues in your head or in the game like when you skate to the corner or the water just all different little cues like no one will notice them unless I say them. Like it's not as even obvious as like spraying the water bottle. Like mine right. are like really hidden. They're like kind of, I like it too. Cause they say, actually I don't know what, but it's, uh, I think it's nice to keep it hidden cause no one really knows about it. No one knows I'm a crazy goalie. Yeah. But, like I know it keeps me dialed in and it's fun that I can do all these things and no one notices. Yeah. I enjoy that aspect of it too. It's kind of weird. No, no, it's, it's, uh, that's the fun part, man. You, everybody has their own identity and they have fun within it when they play and their own journey and everything. Right, man. It's, it's yours and nobody else's man. But you know, for, for kids looking to make that jump to pro hockey in general or the higher levels of pro hockey, what's something that should, they, they should be aware of, or, you know, some advice you, you have in terms of, uh, what they should be prepared for when they get there. It's, uh, you gotta find a way to stand out. I mean, yeah, I was not even supposed to make my first year in the OHL. Like in training camp, they they were told me on, they told me like when they were cutting everyone, our plan was to cut you. But your work effort and everything, you impressed us so much. You're staying with the team until we traded. Right, you were supposed to never play on the team. So I'm like, that kind of came as a shock to me. But you're right. There's always personality and attitude will always be something that will keep you around it won't get you games but then if you play well then you'll be there because a hard-working goalie is hard to find and it's uh teams love it coaches love it players love it it boosts everyone's morale on the ice so i think finding having a good attitude and personality will get you a long way to make to getting a spot to getting an opportunity. Yeah, right? to getting an opportunity. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I still would have gotten cut if I played bad. Yeah. Like, they're not going to keep you all. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's awesome. So, we're going to give him every start, right? Right. Exactly. But it'll give you a chance because people like you, you work hard, and they know you'll keep on getting better. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly that. I think is, and another thing is you never know who's watching. Just always be the same person. Yeah. If it's a summer skate. You never know, like the amount of guys that have turned out to maybe be my coach because I skated with them in the summer. Right. And it's nice to know that everywhere I go now, people see me as like, oh, you're the crazy goalie that like works super, super hard and goes on early and stays on base. Right. Like your when, identity, right? When HL coaches were calling each other, it's like, yeah, you'll love him. He works hard. Like mm. that. that's kind of like my reputation now and I'm proud of it. I like it. So Character, right? Exactly. You never know who's watching in the summer on the ice. It's always just always be the same person. Never really. But it shouldn't be hard. You know, you have fun doing it. Well, you know what? I will say this. Uh, you know, I played pro two for a few years and having character gave me extra lives 
for sure. Yeah. And um, I think it's honestly, nowadays, it's a non-negotiable if you don't have character, right? And yeah. uh, you're what people refer to as a cancer or you're not glue in the room. As soon as you have a bad night, you're gone. Nowadays, um, it's like they look at that even more. So it's it's kind of crazy. I think personality and attitude is the one thing. It's so important. Yeah. And, and now having played pro, you know, for this season, what's something you think is... What's like a big misconception among amateur goaltenders and like minor league parents that you, that you think there should be more clarity on like things that they say that aren't true that now that you realize now being at the pro level. Like, uh, and this is a common one. It's just, and, and you don't say this one, but it's <laughs> like, oh, you need to get drafted to play in the NHL, you know? Yeah. Um, something like that. Like parents say, oh, you know, oh, that guy's lucky. That's the only reason why he made the NHL, you know, or something like that. What's a big misconception you think uh, that needs to be kind of uh, resolved here? Well, I think personally until this year, I didn't realize not how hard, but how many goalies there are. Because mm. I always stayed in the same area. I know all the goalies, OHL, prep school. Yeah, but now worlds, right? so many guys from like <laughs> – Sweden, like my goalie partner was like Philip Gustafson, and mm. these guys everywhere. It's like wow, there is a lot of goalies out there. I thought I was so close, <laughs> <laughs> and then it really it makes you open your eyes. It's like oh, I am not that close. <laughs> well, you know you are right, but it does you know, and and I love that you brought this one up because nobody has right, and this is a huge problem at the minor hockey level. Is, is parents and goalies think because they're good where they are, they're the best. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, I got the best save percentage in, like, U18. My kid's going to make the show. Exactly, right? Like, you know, just because you're an outperformer where you are, it just gives you the right to be at the next level, but you still have to earn it when you get there. Yeah, right? every, every level is like a new – it's kind of like a new game. You know, you pass a level on Mario and now you're on to the new one. Yep, exactly, man. And then it's like <laughs> it's, it's a analogy. complete new game. It starts from scratch. You got to do good here now too. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that you said that, man, because it is, right? And I say this to a lot of minor hockey kids too because, honestly, you're seeing it at the minor hockey level now too, eh? You know, yeah. you go to junior tryouts, they don't have 10, 15 goalies. They have 40 now, right? Yeah. And, um, and all you know. It's moving now to, like, from Ottawa to go to Toronto to play hockey, just to be in a better market. Yeah, right? It's it's Dang. becoming very crowded from when I was a kid. And yeah. um, everybody's got to learn to deal with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I, I had to deal with 15 goalies at the tryouts. Now everybody's getting and, – and, and at the time – Believe it or not, everybody would be like, oh, my God, they had 15 goalies. Now they have 40 on the ice. You know what That's I mean? It's like, I didn't know it was that much. Like, I remember mine was about 15, 15, 18 goalies. Yeah, like it's it's becoming more competitive. You know what I mean? So I think it's really important to just uh, to put things into perspective for everyone. Like, hey, you know, you want to excel where you at, right? But that just gives you the right to uh, to play at, the, to, at an opportunity to compete at the next level it's not a privilege right it's very yeah. competitive you know everywhere you turn right you're you're going you know parents call me oh hey they got all these other goalies going to camp well yeah they're keeping their options open so <laughs> one you should too 
you should be in four or five or 10 or 15 coaches years asking them about their goalie situation because they're doing the same thing to you. Yeah. And two, when you go to camp, whether there's 15 or 40, you still got to be a top two, three to stand out and make the team. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't actually really change at all. Right. Yeah. It just, there's just more competition, but you still can't go to camp and be a number five, six, whether it's out of 15 or out of 40 and expect to make a team. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm getting and a little fired up a drill off. You need to hear that. Right. Like if you think about it, you can't even take a drill off. Like let's say it's a goalie session, 40 goalies. How many times does the coach skate by? Exactly. You never really know when he's going to get a look at you, right? That one time is the one time he sees you. You got to make sure you're good because then all it takes is one little X and then you're gone. Exactly. And it is unforgiving, right? Like it is unfair, but the guys like you who have fun competing and just moving forward and just say next whenever something bad happens, right? You know, those are the guys that persevere and, and move on, man, because we're all dealing with the same circumstances. That's yeah, why I have this show, right? The amount of teams have been cut on. It's, it's cut from growing up. It's insane. I know. I, you know, it's funny you just said that because I just I was just talking to some of my mentorship students and, and, and their parents even on the phone. And I said, you know, uh, they said, should we go to this junior tryout? Right. It's in Wisconsin. It's, you know, it's up here. And um, I, I said, OK, well, what happened? Well. You, they spent money and time to go to a showcase. Somebody saw them at the showcase because the kid played really good. He he kept calling him, knocking down his door to come to camp. And I said, man, I said, it doesn't really matter if you don't really know what's on the other side of this. You only have so many chances as a young kid and so many times to do things like this where you connect with a coach, where they're into you. And you have to go take that chance. Right. And I said to people, you know, on my lead prospects, they don't tell you how many teams I ever got cut from. They only tell you where I won stuff, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, I got cut from way more teams than I ever made. <laughs> yeah. What you said is actually like spot on too. I believe you want to go where you're wanted. Yes. You don't go to the top team. You go where the coach wants to have you. He mm-hmm. likes you because or else they won't really care about you. Like prep schools I visited. Like Northwood, Kimberly Union, the Gunnery. Mm-hmm. I think there was one other one. I'm not, uh, I'm blanking. But still, in Kimberly Union, they wanted me to start as a JV goalie. Like junior varsity. I was yeah, like, yeah, no, I know. Exactly. And you're like, what the heck? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, are you, like, are you serious? Like, I was so confused. <laughs> well, at the Gunnery, they're offering me like a starting position as soon as I get there. Yeah. Like, this is completely – we didn't get to play KUA that year, but, oh, I wanted to play them so I know, much. right? Just to shove it. Yeah, I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I was losing it. But, yeah, and same thing here. Like, Ottawa really wanted me, yeah. the old staff. So, I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Like, I got everything I negotiated for in my contract. They needed yeah. a goalie. Maybe they didn't want me, but they needed a goalie. I picked no one. They were low on goalies. So they, yeah, 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 exactly. They didn't have a choice. But yeah, so whether so. they wanted you or not, they needed you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, our options are limited. We have to pick him, sadly. We have to take him. <laughs> well, it turned out great, man. So I'm sure they're happy about it. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> so I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's just go where you're wanted, not where the best team is. Yeah. Where you connect with coaches because, yeah. you know, I, I, I said this too. I said, hey, it's a part of paying your dues as a younger guy, right? 
if coaches are hounding you down to come to camp, it's because they do really want to see you, whether they intend on signing you or not. And if you go there, one, it builds reputation because one, you went to a junior A camp, right? Two, if you go there and do well, there's a good chance that one, you make the team and two, even if they don't have intention of signing you, usually that coach at that level is pretty connected and they're like, hey, we want to tender you or something. You know? Yeah, or it might even like tell you to go to this camp or if there's exactly right. They kind of hook you up with the next step, right? Yeah, like the gunner coach was the only one who would really text me and keep in contact with me. So I think that was an easy choice for me. Like as soon as I had the option to go there, I went there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad we kind of touched on that because obviously it's recruiting season and uh, kind of means a lot, right? Everybody's going into tryouts and stuff like that. But maybe we can just kind of you know, finally here, dive into your routines a little bit uh, on and off the ice and maybe start with your game day routine. Just very quickly take us through from night before uh, to game time and, and how you get ready to play every day. Uh, the night before, it's probably pretty – it depends. I just make sure I get a good night's sleep. I take a sleeping pill. Probably shouldn't. My trainer chief tries to, keep me, tries to get me to get off of them. <laughs> you know what i did I, I eventually had to like i would just take like a little nibble of one when i would get when yeah. i was in college and stuff when you get a little older it's i find it's harder to just like fall asleep and it means more right yeah <laughs> i i think i like mine's such a bad pulse it's not even like a natural melaton it's advil nighttime <laughs> like it's brutal yeah but, it knocks you out though yeah oh i love it I, it fires me you, up you need it right so i'm so excited to take my pill and go to bed for the game the next day because <laughs> i know i'm gonna have a good night's sleep it's like yeah it's right right don't take it before a 2 p.m game though because i get groggy oh for sure man so I if i if i i only take it if i have the uh time to take a nap the next day because then napping after you had that the night before is the best yeah, it kind of wears off the grogginess even when you're Yeah, right. and I think maybe you still have a little bit of the sleeping pill left in you so you fall asleep easily for your nap. But yeah, so that's the night before. Just make sure I get a good night's sleep. Nothing. I'll, I'll normally do like a little core workout or stretch or do a stretching routine Yeah. the night before as well. And I had my uh, roommate on the road was Graham Clark. He'd, we'd stretch mm. and do a core workout together. Nice, man. Then next morning – breakfast team breakfast with uh polos if we're on the road mm -hmm. and then if i'm at home i'll just make myself something pretty easy eggs potatoes i like broadway potatoes i don't know if you know broadway no i don't they're elite potatoes <laughs> hash brown <laughs> so i drive over there buy myself potatoes over there elite potatoes that elite. you said elite <laughs> like so good. i love their potatoes that's your so that's your like pregame is like a potato and chicken. What is it? Was it? No, that's just for breakfast. And I'll oh, okay, got it. I go you're to the big potato guy for breakfast. Yeah, for breakfast when I wake up. Nice. Okay. And then uh, probably go to the rink because we have to. We do some video. I'll do an extra video with the goalie coach. Probably do a warm up, get my body moving so I'm not like doing nothing all day. Right. We have we set up like a, a tennis net and we play with a soccer ball like one bounce too. Right. We play a bunch of games or spike ball just to kind of warm up, get the body moving, and then yeah. go home. I'll probably I'll eat before my nap. Really big meal before my nap. Like huge pie rice. Not too picky. I eat I eat anything before a game. Yeah. As long as I get carbs and chicken. Mm. Doesn't matter what it is. I prefer oh, your nap. pasta. Oh, nap, two, two and a half. 
Yeah, you take a nice long one. I take, I like a nice long one because I eat so much food. I'm in a food coma. Just pass out. <laughs> See, yeah, I do that too. I like I eat a lot. It kind of makes me pass out, and I take a nice two hour, and then I wake up, and I've basically like eaten, and I'm good for the game and stuff. What was deadly is in the OHL, the six sevens are like meals on the road pregame was Eastside Mario's. Oh my goodness! You know those buns, the, the bread. <laughs> I think I eat five of those before I go for my nap. Crash you. Just yeah. put you in a ditch. Uh, insane, though. Like, the nap you'd have with those breads. Because <laughs> oh. they probably just load them with sugar, eh? Oh, it's, it's so good, though. <laughs> yeah, you're basically eating sugar, but it's called bread. So, yeah, two, hour, two and a half hour nap yeah, and then and then do to wake up. My roommate's gone. He takes the first bus. But wake up, I put my speaker on right away. Yeah. And I just music, shower, like kind of, I'll, I'll stretch a bit at home too. Yeah. And kind of just vibe, like kind of not dance, but like, you know, go to yeah. the music, feeling you good. Make sure, make, I got to make sure I'm in a good mood. Yeah. I can't be like grumpy or like, or I'm too- not one of those guys that goes into games with like anger. Like, nah, I just, I need yeah, to be yeah, really yeah. happy. So I make sure, try to try, look good, put my suit on and then. It's really not that complicated. I'll probably have a, a snack after too because the meal is long gone. Right. Like guac and chips or yeah, tortillas, nothing nice. else. Very nice. That's actually a smart one. A nice sat yeah. fat there with a little exactly. bit of carb. Yeah. It's I nice. just think it tastes good, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, from a, from a biological standpoint. Yeah. Uh, I used to, I used to, I, uh, it's a, a little hack I have is, uh, it's coconut oil, like a little bit before a game. Yeah. It's, it gives you, but it has to be like a certain brand. Like if you go buy like crappy Walmart coconut oil, it'll just bog you down. I tried them all. Oh my God. Does don't it even, work? Don't even. But, but if you get like a high end coconut oil, take a little bit before the game and you're just like, you feel like you're like taking like creatine or something. Like no it feels way. amazing. Yeah. Send me a brand. I'll take a look at that. I will. I'll send it to you after everybody yeah. on the show. I have it on my YouTube channel. It's a little hack for everybody. Um, but maybe, uh, you know, so you talked about, you, you know, so you do your nap and then you kind of go to the rink and what do you do when you get to the rink? To the rink, it's, uh, I like the first things first, just get in my gitch, probably talk to the guys, see if I can get at least one song on Ox. Yeah, one. <laughs> you do. You try. Yeah, I always try to get one. <laughs> do they give you like? Do they give you crap for it or what? Uh, no, because it's a good song. No one really notices the phone is there, so I make sure I get. It. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Got it. Some some cool guys are touchy music. about when people touch the music. Yeah, some guys are, but our team was pretty relaxed. Good. I'll roll out, talk to my goalie coach. He's great. We'll throw a throw a football back and forth. That's part of my pregame. I throw a football with him. Nice. And it's not even – I tell him I do it for my tracking. But it's just because I'm there so early. It gives me something to do. Tape my sticks, obviously. Yeah. Tape all my sticks. Uh, throw the football. Roll out. We go team warm-up. I got to do a joke to my trainer before every game. Like I, I memorize a joke before I tell my trainer the joke. <laughs> okay. Um, after off ice warm up, I'm the first one back to get stretched by our uh, athletic therapist. In your gear? No, this is uh, from uh, off ice warm up. Oh, okay, got it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So first one back from off ice warm up. He stretches me out. After he stretches me out, we do our handshake. 
That's what I mean. A lot of like little, I got to be the first one. We got to do our handshake. I got to tell my joke to the trainer kind of thing. <laughs> but it's not like it's head down superstitions. Like it's all, they all involve other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. Not, not a lot of people do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a basketball thing. Yeah, it is. Like, I, I love it. I just want to include other people. Well, <laughs> hey, man, that's part of the journey, man. You have fun with it. It sounds yeah, like you're having a lot of talk. fun with it. Yeah, and then it's basically get dressed. Obviously, there's an order for stuff left, right? That's pretty basic. It's got to right. be the right way. And baby carrots are my key to success. Baby carrots. Yeah. That's that's kind of what you eat like before you go on the ice? Oh, before on the ice and then in between each period, baby carrots and a coffee. Oh, baby wow. Period. Okay. There's, maybe there's our hack right there for everybody. Baby carrots. It kind of started off as a joke because I tell my trainer, I'm like, or athletic therapist, I'm like, if I eat these carrots, I can see through screens. <laughs> Aren't they good for your eyes, actually? No, yeah, carrots are good for your eyes, <laughs> so that's why I said it. <laughs> but then I kind of I didn't mind I played a good game so I always tell them every time I eat the carrots I'm like I can see through screens so that's it's unreal man I love carrots, that buddy carrots and coffee for the game and basically yeah it's, it get a lot, way too much coffee like second or third period I might like throw up on like sometimes I always have the garbage next to my stall like when the coach talks after like he's been midway through his talk and I just puke in the bucket. Oh my God. I, I, you know what? I have like a, I have like a sip of coffee. Yeah. Like I, I can't drink too much or I, I have a little bit cause I, I'll usually have my nap. And like what I do is I have like a, I'll take like a cold shower when I get to the rink and then I'll have like a, like a little tiny, like a, like a, like almost like an espresso cup, half, yeah. not even of like just coffee. It's not a, like just a little bit to kind of bring me out of that grogginess that might yeah. anything that might be left from the nap. And then I, uh, but some people they go like, but I take other things. Like I take like creatine before, okay. um, you know, some hydration stuff and some mm-hmm. vitamins and, you know, I, I, and, and everybody listening, you know, I know there's some kids out there and uh, you know, we have some younger guys on the show. Like I wasn't really doing this stuff when I was younger. You know what I mean? Like I started taking like protein probably when I was like 16, that was the first supplement I took. And then, you know, when I was 17, 18, 19, I started to just experiment with some things I found and, you know, some safe stuff like the creatine and stuff like that. And I found it gave me an edge. You know what I mean? Like, I think that you can get an edge from taking supplements. I think that you just one, if you're young, definitely go to your parents and ask first if you're under 16, for sure. And I think you um, do your research. That's like, and, and yes. And that was going to be my number two is like, hey, don't just take something because your buddy's taking it and the label looks hella nice. Oh, that's what I, mean. I was going to say. You can't just look <laughs> at the label. Like some of the best stuff I have, like literally just has the boringest plain label. Yeah, right. Because you know what's in it, right? Yeah. Like my trainer is kind of in charge of that. Like he, he'd give us all the supplements we'd have in a cup. Each player would have a little cup with everything in there. We had no idea what was in there, but we just take it, right? Well, at that level you're at, they have strict uh, drug doping exactly. uh, regulations. So we, we right? had, if we took anything ourselves, we had to get it checked. So Yeah, right. So, you know, just be careful what you take out there. There's a ton of stuff. 95% of it is bad. 
uh, like it's a 95% of it is a gimmick where a company will make a new company and a new, it'll be the same product with just a new label and it just looks cool. And that's why people buy it and you have no reason why you really bought it. Right. But, but I bring up the supplement thing cause you know, it comes up a lot with, um, a lot of active guys we bring on, they bring up supplements and, you know, I know there's a lot of parents and coaches that like listen to the show and for sure they give you an edge. We talk about, you know, uh, the, the, the schedule that you have to play. Like if I don't like take some protein and have like some kind of carb and get in a rollout and take some supplements like hydration supplements, I have a really hard time playing a three and three. Like I already have a hard time playing. I remember when I was in my first year pro, like, uh, I, I just like, man, I, I had terrible like dehydration and then yeah. we were playing three and three pro games is like nothing like playing three and three, like junior games, even, even though juniors hard, I like remember, my joints are like dying by the time I get out of my third pro game. Like, I remember starting like my first three and three where I played all three and I was like exhausted by the last game. Exactly. Man. I was like, I can't move. That's why. So I say, you know what, guys at the next level, they do use supplements. Um, I, I did use them when I was like 16 and I just kind of kept it simple. And then I really did my research. So if you guys are going to, you know, definitely if you're young, ask your parents first, don't do anything on your own. And number two is, is do your research, but maybe. Yeah, I think there's no harm too of like asking your trainer. Yes. Like you have a trainer like us. It was basically the Ottawa 67s like gym guy, like our trainer, he would basically support supply all of it for us yeah right. so I mean, he knows best like if i ask him stuff in the summer he still helps me with everything right they know people too so they might be able to get it for you and then you pay them back but i think there's no harm in asking your trainers yeah absolutely man i definitely go to people and there's instagram and people you know go slide into somebody's dms and see if they'll give you some advice on uh some supplements i'm sure there's lots of people out there but um you know, big games, uh, and playing when the stakes are high and, and there's pressure. And obviously, like you said, at the, um, you know, at the pro level, whether you're in the bottom of the barrel or you're at the top, every game means a lot, right? So what's sort of your mental routine during a game to kind of help you avoid uh, game time and, and performance anxiety? And what are some like anchor techniques, uh, either external or internal, that you use to center your focus and eliminate distractions regularly? Yeah, it's... Uh... Definitely, it's like the way I get dressed, the order everything needs to go in. I think it's a yeah. super specific thing. Like people might not looking at me on game day, they're like, oh my God, how is he so loose? <laughs> but there's so many little things. It's just I keep my personality that, that way. But in my head, I'm like really dialed in on every little thing I'm doing. Yeah. So what's going on in your head? So I'm kind of, I have all these ticks. If I walk past a doorway... I double tap with my stick. If I uh, if I step over a line, like you know when there's rubber mats, any line at all has got to be left foot first. <laughs> it's uh, handshakes with very specific guys. Warm up at the exact time when I go. So so when you get on the ice though, like like let's say let's say you know you're 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 in a game and you're not really feeling it, right? Like. In, and in your mind, you're like, oh, my God, I'm not going to have a great game. Like, what do you use to bring your mind away from that thought back to what you need to perform? I think I'd probably skate to the corner. Yeah. And, like, wave at a fan, like a young kid or something. You know, <laughs> day. 
Nice. Okay, I got it. Up or like do something like that and then get back to my net. I'd mm. be like, and then I'd probably couple deep breaths. I'm like, tell myself, where would I rather be right now? And kind of just play the game. Yeah, that's, so that's what you do. Yeah, I like to keep it like, I feel like I play best when I'm relaxed and I'm having a good time. So I found yeah. that that really works. And also a little trick, kind of, it looks really bad. Okay. If I let in a goal or something, have you heard that like if you fake laugh, it'll make you eventually really laugh? I mean, I'm I'm a hundred percent in agreement on that for sure. I've yeah, never heard like, that. It's but, like, yeah, forcing yourself to smile will like will make you. Dude, laugh. it's so funny that you said that. We just had this guy back warm on the show. He's in the American League with uh, Carolina. I think he's in yeah. the NHL too. Same thing. He says whenever he gets scored on, he looks down and he just smiles. Yeah. I'd skate to like the corner. I like, I fake laugh, like, ha ha ha. And then eventually you like really laugh kind of thing. <laughs> and then eventually I'm happy again. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Wow, man. That is unreal. Two guys recently. Also, it's funny because you're both younger guys. I haven't heard this from older guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's oh, awesome. man, that's happy unreal. someone else does it. Cause I wasn't sure if I was just crazy. No, no, you're not. It's dude, whatever works, man. This is why we bring guys on. I want to know what works for you because everything, everything's different. And some guys feel a little weird, but this is we're we're all goalies listening to the show, man. You know, we make uh, nerding out on goaltending cool here. And, um, you know, it's a part of, it comes with the territory, man. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, what, what's exactly like your routine after you get scored on? Was it what you just said to us? Yeah. And then it said uh, after any goal, I just skate to the corner. Yeah. Fake laugh if I need it. That's only yeah. not going well. You know, most right. of the time I feel like I'm I'm fine. Yeah. So I just skate to the corner, always turn the same way. And then do the two stretch. Everything is twos. And then like like my skate to the corner has like eleven different ticks I need to do also or cues. So it's kinda of hard to explain it. But yeah, it's like super specific. Everything I do in between whistles is very, very specific. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you also you know we're wrapping it up here. We're going on one fit one hour over here. Um, yeah. But you kind of mentioned a couple hacks. But during the week, like either on and off the ice, like what's your two biggest hacks that you have? Like a drill or like something that you say that helps you kind of get an edge, Oof. like over the competition, stay ahead of everyone. I think you mentioned the potato. Actually, that was one. <laughs> the elite potato. <laughs> Uh, no, I think uh, not like waste a lot of my time. I like always doing stuff. Yeah. Like, that helps me like not being in front of the TV a lot. I'm always out doing stuff. Or I'll go for a bike ride or I'll go outside mm. or like even I found out museums are free on Thursdays. Yeah. So like I'm always out doing something, which is yeah. why it was harder with COVID this year because I like, couldn't really go do anything. Yeah, before. true. I feel like if I keep my brain active and my body active, then I'll be like better on the ice too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, maybe just, you know, curious, what's the biggest adversity you've ever faced in your career and how'd you overcome it? Biggest adversity. I struggled a lot in my first half of the season in the OHL being third string. Yeah. Because I had never really been used to not playing. Yeah. 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 It was just basically, it was put my head down and work because I, I was still – it's hard to just practice and not getting your chance. But, you know, you're told you're on the team. They're waiting for them to trade a goalie to right. get a good deal. So, at that point, it was just a waiting game. 
but it was it was definitely hard to sit there because I didn't know if I was getting caught or not. Like, yeah, exactly. I'd say they're trading, but you never. So really how'd you work through that? that? It was just keeping uh, my head down and practicing. I mean, I I like playing hockey, so it was it was hard not to play games, but I found a way. I just kept on telling myself, you know what. They're going to trade one of the guys. I had brand new gear that I never paid for. I was in the OHL. I was staying in hotels, not paying yeah. time, getting paid to go on the road. Yeah. I think if that would have happened in my second year, I would have been a lot harder. But for me, it was still a surreal experience in that first half of the right. year. We had an outdoor game too. So like, like the, it was, the whole experience was awesome. It was just hard not to play. So I think yeah. enjoying the experience and not worrying about not playing as much was kind yeah. of what helped me. Enjoying the journey and, and not worrying so much about the destination, right? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, uh, Cedric, uh, you have any last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? Uh, if anything I could say is <laughs> the Brisgalov interview. It's a game. <laughs> and have fun. And yeah, work hard. That's wor- words to live by right there. Yeah, everybody. Everybody thinks he's weird, but uh, it's the, couldn't be uh, couldn't be more than the truth, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cedric, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show, buddy, and and always love having on active goaltenders out there, just you know, experiencing like really what it's like, like right now, right, currently fighting their way through real current challenges at the highest levels of hockey, and every year of hockey has a different face to it. Every, every decade does. And, and I know today we'll just, you know, shed a ton of light on what it takes to, to get to the next level and find success, man. So can you just let people know where they can get in touch with you online? Uh, yeah, there's my, uh, Instagram or my email or what, what, what would you prefer? Oh, whatever you want, man. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want. I normally answer pretty good on Instagram. Yeah. So let's, it's, let's get uh, that. Seddy C E D D Y underscore sixty seven, not because I played for the sixty seven. I'm not talking. <laughs> I had it way before. It's because my birthday's June seven. <laughs> People think I'm really cocky because, but I had it way before I played for the sixty sevens. <laughs> I don't want to change it. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta clear the air here. Yeah, okay. a lot of people. I almost got fined for that in my first year because I thought <laughs> I changed it. Oh, because they thought like you're, you're like, it's your dream. So that's why you made yeah, it. They thought it's like, really, you're putting it. It'd be like if I was like SETI underscore sends if I played for this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, Settle down. It's not, I'm like, guys, it's my, I had it way before. It's June 7th, my birthday. Like, <laughs> did you get, did you get off with no fine? Yeah, I got off with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. They let you off. Eh? <laughs> I know. Especially, yeah. Cause I used to wear number 67 too. I tried to get that number on the 67s. They said, not a chance. Oh, that would have been dope. Eh? Too yeah. bad, man. Well, uh, go check, go check out Cedric. All the links will be available in the show notes. If you want to go check him out and he's played the next level and experienced tons of success for years now. And I know he's got a bright future ahead of him. So maybe down the road, we'll, we'll have you back on the show, dude. If that's something that interests you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm grateful if you come on, buddy. You good luck as we uh, roll into summer here and you, you take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, man. Thanks. You as well.
Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune back next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. Uh, as next week I have another awesome, awesome goaltender lined up to come onto the show. And that's the most recent NCAA national champ coming on. Philip Lindbergh from Finland with UMass Amherst recently won the Division I national championship title. And can't wait to get him on here to talk some goaltending development and all about his journey to the top. I know you guys won't want to miss this one, so make sure to tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast. And just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month. And, and that includes books. Uh, different products, training products, uh, neuro tracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month. And even if you don't win uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the, the future the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.